0: THE FRENCH REVOLUTION, A HISTORY, by Thomas Carlyle, Volume 2, THE CONSTITUTION, BOOK 4, VARENNE, CHAPTER 4, ATTITUDE. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Peter Dan. BOOK 4, CHAPTER 4, ATTITUDE. But in Paris, at six in the morning, when some patriot deputy, warned by a billet, awoke Lafayette, and they went to the Tuileries? Imagination may paint, but words cannot, the surprise of Lafayette, or with what bewilderment helpless Gouvion rolled Glaciagas' eyes, discerning now that his false chambermaid told true. However, it is to be recorded that Paris, thanks to an august National Assembly, did, on this seeming doomsday, surpass itself. Never, according to historian eyewitnesses, was there seen such an imposing attitude, Sections all in permanency, our Town Hall too, having first, about ten o'clock, fired three solemn alarm-cannons. Above all, our National Assembly. National Assembly, likewise permanent, decides what is needful. With unanimous consent, for the Côte d'Ivoire It's dumb, afraid of the lantern. Decides with a calm promptitude, which rises towards the sublime. One must needs vote, for the thing is self-evident that his majesty has been abducted, or spirited away, en leve by some person or persons unknown, in which case, what will the constitution have us do? Let us return to first principles, as we always say, revenons au principe. By first or by second principles much is promptly decided. Ministers are sent for, instructed, how to continue their functions. Lafayette is examined, and Gouvion, who gives a most helpless account, the best he can. Letters are found written, one letter of immense magnitude, all in His Majesty's hand, and evidently of His Majesty's own composition, addressed to the National Assembly. It details with earnestness, with a childlike simplicity, what woes His Majesty has suffered, woes great and small, a necker seen applauded, a Majesty not then insurrection want of due cash in civil list general want of cash furniture and order anarchy everywhere deficit never yet in the smallest choked or comble wherefore in brief his majesty has retired towards a place of liberty and leaving sanctions federation and what oaths there may be to shift for themselves does now refer to what thinks an august assembly To that declaration of the 23rd of June, with its So ye he alone will make his people happy. As if that were not buried deep enough under two irrevocable twelve months, and the wreck and rubbish of a whole feudal world. This strange autographed letter the National Assembly decides on printing, on transmitting to the 83 departments, with exegetic commentary, short but pithy. Commissioners also shall go forth on all sides, the people be exhorted, the armies be increased, care taken that the commonwealth suffer no damage. And now, with a sublime air of calmness, nay, of indifference, we pass to the order of the day. By such sublime calmness the terror of the people is calmed. These gleaming pike forests, which bristled fateful in the early sun, disappear again. The far-sounding street orators cease, or spout milder. We are to have a civil war, let us have it, then. The king is gone, but national assembly, but France and we remain. The people also takes a great attitude. The people also is calm, motionless as a couchant lion, with but a few brulings, some waggings of the tail to show what it will do. Cazalis, for instance, was beset by street groups and cries of Lantern, but national patrols easily delivered him. Likewise, all king's effigies and statues, at least stucco ones, get abolished. Even king's names, the word Roi, fades suddenly out of all shop signs. The royal Bengal tiger itself, on the boulevards, becomes the national Bengal one, Tigre national. How great is a calm Couchon people! On the morrow men will say to one another, We have no king, yet we slept sound enough. On the morrow fervent Achille de Châtelet and Thomas Paine, the rebellious needleman, shall have the walls of Paris profusely plastered with their placard, announcing that there must be a republic. Need we add that Lafayette too, though at first menaced by pikes, has taken a great attitude, or indeed the greatest of all. Scouts and aide-de-camp fly forth, vague in quest and pursuit, young Remoeuf towards Valenciennes, though with small hope. Thus Paris sublimely calmed in its bereavement. But from the messagier royal, in all mailbags, radiates forth, far darting, the electric news. Our hereditary representative is flown laugh black royalists yet be it in your sleeve only lest patriotism notice and waxing frantic lower the lantern in paris alone is a sublime national assembly with its calmness truly other places must take it as they can with open mouth and eyes with panic cackling with wrath with conjecture how each one of those dull leathern diligences with its leathern bag and the king is fled furrows up smooth france as it goes through town and hamlet ruffles the smooth public mind into quivering agitation of death terror then lumbers on as if nothing had happened along all highways towards the utmost borders till all france is ruffled roughened up metaphorically speaking into one enormous desperate-minded red guggling turkey-cock for example it is under cloud of night that the leathern monster reaches nantes deep sunk in sleep the word spoken rouses all patriot men general Dumouriez, enveloped in roculeaux has to descend from his bedroom finds the street covered with four or five thousand citizens in their shirts here and there a faint farthing rushlight hastily kindled and so many swart featured haggard faces with nightcaps pushed back and the more or less flowing drapery of night open mouthed till the general say his word and overhead as always the great bear is turning so quiet round bootes steady indifferent as the leathern diligence itself Take comfort, ye men of Nantes, Bootes and the steady bear are turning, Ancient Atlantic still sends his brine, Loud billowing up your Loire stream, Brandy shall be hot in the stomach, This is not the last of days, But one before the last. The fools, if they knew what was doing, In these very instants, Also by candlelight in the far north-east. Perhaps we may say the most terrified man in Paris or France is, Who thinks the reader? SEA GREEN ROBES Pierre. Double paleness with the shadow of gibbets and halters overcasts the sea-green features. It is too clear to him that there is to be a Saint Bartholomew of Patriots, that in four-and-twenty hours he will not be in life. These horrid anticipations of the soul he is heard uttering at Pétion's by a notable witness, by Madame Roland, namely, her whom we saw last year radiant at the Lyon Federation these four months the rollands have been in paris arranging with assembly committees the municipal affairs of lyons affairs all sunk in debt communing the while as was most natural with the best patriots to be found here with our brissot pétion bouzot robespierre who were want to come to us says the fair hostess four evenings in the week They, running about, busier than ever this day, would fain have comforted the sea-green man, spake of Achille de Chatelet's placard, of a journal to be called the Republican, of preparing men's minds for a republic. A republic, said the sea-green, with one of his dry, husky, unsportful laughs. What is that? O sea-green incorruptible, thou shalt see. End of Book Four, Chapter Four